Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello, you reached Andy. I'm sorry, I can't come to the phone right now. Mm. Let me message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you. The mailbox is full and cannot accept the message. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's my 
mailbox is full. It's even better. I mean, or more tragic and catastrophic that his wife has been trying to get a hold of him and left 40 messages because he's you know, dead on the side I, of the road. Whenever someplace. this happens, and it's you guys in particular, oh I cannot help but uh but but transplant your faces into scenes from Breaking Bad in my head. Like there is Andy right now is dressed as Walter White and he's in he's in a shipping container full of money right now. And, that, and nobody can get him because everyone wants that sweet, sweet blue meth. And <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. Well, if he joins in, that'll be great. But right now, it's you and me. Okay. How's your movie life, Steve? It's slow. I haven't seen anything. I got to get out tonight mm-hmm. for the film board to see that. But no, it's just been a, a busy week at, at work and everything. I haven't had a chance to to see anything. I Yeah. That's, so it, there's nothing to talk wow. about. I got, that's I got grim. nada. I got zero. Uh, well, what about uh, you? okay, it's not it's not that much better. Uh, <laughs> oh, exactly, well, that's what I you know, expected. It's, it's just it, we're in the middle of this uh, James Dean thing, and so I'm watching James Dean movies, mm. and uh, James Dean movies are great. And all, th- yes, all three of all them. three of them. It's, it's not okay. It's not like oh, I'm binging the James no, Dean right. catalog. You've got no, I'm totally three binging. movies. It is it's a total of what. Maybe eight hours total. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? No, these are not epic. I mean, Giant is three, you're right. Giant actually. Right. Uh, yeah. but I've never seen Giant, so uh, I'm actually that's the one that that was missing in my James Dean catalog. So, see, I'd seen everything except I still haven't seen East of Eden. I saw uh, Rebel Without a Cause in high school. Had a yep. film studies class in high school and saw Rebel Without a Cause, and then it was shortly. Maybe after graduating college, realized I had never gotten around to see Giant, so watch that. So East of Eden's the one that just I felt like maybe you gotta space it out. Because if you burn through it all right away, then then where are you gonna go? You're gonna be craving more James Dean. You got well, for nothing. people who watch things in series, James Dean's a good is low hanging fruit. You know, that's where you start. Well, Knock true. out three movies yeah, and feel yeah. like a really satisfyingly solid completionist. Yeah. Um yeah. so I uh, yeah, no, I need to um I need to get on get on Giant, but uh it's daunting. It's daunting. I need to space it out. Last night, uh let's see, family movie night was Wonder. Uh, which is now out for digital. Oh, okay. Rated K. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. That is a tough one. Um, but I'll tell you, and, and you know, so many people, I, I think, really celebrated that movie for the kids. And I think the kids did a great job. Right. Right. right? I mean, obviously, um, to see how far what's his name has come since Room, which is, it, it, oh, yeah. you know, he's just such a he's just such a great actor. And I'm, I'm really worried about it. What's his name? Why can't I think of his name, Steve? Um you're really thrilled with what's his name, but concerned about. I'm what's super his name. concerned with what's his name because, uh, you know, he's one of those. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking actors. about now. You come on, the kid with the face, Luke no. Wilson, Owen Wilson. Oh, oh, Jacob, <laughs> yes, Owen Tremblay. Wilson, the yes. kid with the face. Right? No, yes, he does have Tre- a face, Jacob you know, uh, Tremblay. Yes, uh, <laughs> that you, you just want him to be a satisfyingly talented and and good actor all the way through his career, and hope that you know Hollywood doesn't destroy him because. Hope, hope that's not a Haley Joel Osment situation. God, no kidding. Uh, so I, but we really, yeah. really enjoyed that movie, and and I was I was commenting to Kira last night, like what what a wonderful time we live in, where there are so many young actors who are so so talented, 
right? They're just so good. I, you know, because I just finished, I told you season two of Stranger Things. Did I tell you that? I finished it. Oh, right. I was yeah, really yeah. satisfied with that. I'm just going to, I, there, people, I read about people who are upset with second season. They didn't like it as much. I loved it. I loved it. I had a wonderful time. And the last two episodes were just great. Uh, and so uh, all of those kids are exceptionally talented. Oh, now, and now Andy's texting oh, yeah. us. Here he is. Here he oh, is. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Andy. You can't hear not him. Here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's the ghost of Andy. No, nope. no Andy. There's it's no Andy. Experience. Can't get to the microphone. <laughs> now he's in the. He's he's pre- his presence I is can, here. He just can't interact I with us. I feel his presence. I no longer oh, feel his left. presence. Oh, oh, oh. I now feel and Nick Langdon's Langdon? presence. <laughs> we, I feel oh, Andy got, now. We've got multiple <laughs> hemispheres. <laughs> we've got Stephen Smart. We've got Hello. Nick Langdon. Andy, you sound terrible. Andy, it's a full room. You're disappointing your global audience. Sorry. What's going on? Andy, so you just... sound awful. Did Was the movie that bad uh-huh. last night? Oh, now he's gone again. I, he sounds hungover. He sounds hungover. I can't tell. Is it the bad connection that's laggy or is he oh, just Andy? Andy, I, Andy, Andy. This is this is one for the <laughs> books. We've never had quite this, this much. Great. We've got we've got we we actually have subscribers and, here listening, like, yeah, we're gonna listen to this engaging right. conversation. <laughs> nope, no, you'll have, you'll get none of nothing. that. Uh, okay, so anyway, while Andy figures out his stuff, uh, I just really love these kids, and I can't wait to see what happens to them. And I hope they don't end up uh, in, uh, you know, real life Breaking Bad, like Andy. So I'm going to take that point, and I'm going to run with it to my oh, trailer. Because I'm going to keep this show moving along. But, you know, Andy, you do what you need to do, but I'm going to keep this yes, show on the rails. And speaking of young young actors that have great potential and that are on everybody's radar i'm going to talk about a film called hot summer nights which is first off a24 rule yep. so i got that so you got no, no. right to complain i want you to have this about that oh, oh hi andy hi. Yep. okay we're already in the middle of our trailer so there we go <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm playing my a24 rule but we're talking about hot summer nights and uh timothy chalamet yes. has been just like in everything this, he's like a solid year for this kid who, you know, I, when I first saw Lady Bird, I was like, oh, okay. And then he's he just keeps showing up in things. So another young actor that to keep your eye on. And I think he's making smart choices in the films that he's in. Uh, Hot Summer Nights is, uh, again, I'm going to claim this one because it's about teenagers. And so that's Steve's rule for trailers. If it's got teenagers in it, <laughs> that's going to be his his With an ironically satisfying because... connection to Breaking Bad, too. I mean, come on. <laughs> yes, there we there we go. Yes, he's he's shipped off to stay with his aunt for the summer, and somehow finds himself running like a huge drug ring to impress a girl. Uh, but this has, <laughs> which sounds like a ridiculous comedy, but it's not. But it's to me again one of these films that tackles very seriously being a teenager, trying to impress a girl, all the things that teens are confronted with. And it just looks like a really compelling story of heightened drama, but still within that teen world. So I think stakes get high, but it, when you're running a drug ring, once you get into like it's adults, then you've got like the FBI and all this. This is, seems like small town. Here's the local drug dealer and he wants to help him out because he could use the extra money. And then things sort of escalate from there. 
So to me, very compelling story with a small focus, interesting characters. And again, I'm really looking forward. And this is from first time writer director, Elijah Bynum. So this looks like a really strong effort right out of the gate for him as well. This is scheduled to be released on June 28th, 2018. So right there in the middle of summer, when you're sick and tired of all the loud, exploding, fake things, fighting fake things, here's something to sit down and have. Looks like a good time and an entertaining time and maybe something a little bit more serious to engage with for your summer movie. Well, I, I got to tell you, I was very excited to see this trailer, and I had completely skipped it. I don't know why. It's probably because I saw teens in the still image that looked like they were about to kiss, and I thought, well, that's Steve. So I, I didn't even watch the trailer <laughs> until I saw that you picked it. Uh, but I, <laughs> what does that say? I don't He's know. pigeonholed himself. He really has. No, this is all on Steve. Uh, but, but I was very yeah. excited to see a couple of, uh, of performers in here uh, William Fitchner of course yes. is fantastic yes. and uh, in everything he he you know he's on the um, he's on on my list rather right? those sort of favorite characters he's like the next he's like he's taking like the Christopher yeah. Walken route if there's some weird creepy guy he, he's, he's got, got that, that exactly part. and then Thomas Jane yeah. who is a remarkably yes. busy actor for a guy that for one being one of those faces I feel like he is transitioning from being one of the faces that I just recognized to being an actor that I recognize and look forward to seeing uh, after his incredible performance in The Expanse. And uh, I'm telling you guys, you you got to dig into that show. It's fantastic. And he is he is in it and wonderful. So uh, I was very excited to see this trailer. And I think it's uh, beyond being a quintessential Steve pick. Uh, it looks like a great movie. It It has a fantastic. I mean, the look of it is just so sharp and so crisp like watching the trailer i'm like this is a first time director i mean he maybe he's done commercials i don't know what his backstory is but i mean there's there's such amazing visuals throughout the trailer that it's like in a very assured hand so uh, it looks like just a really exciting project that uh, that uh, elijah is bringing to us and the characters look interesting everything about it looks interesting like you guys were saying I, the cast I mean, I just I'm I, it really I guess it was just mostly just the look of the whole thing that just struck me. You know, they he's really playing to capture this the sense of the 80s. It's kind of got that um, uh, it's not quite a sepia tone, but there's definitely been a kind of a color tone applied to it that gives it that uh, kind of an older feel and everything. But I mean, even looking at the poster, I mean, everything about it just has a really cool vibe that he's capturing from then. So I, I'm excited about this one. I'm right with you on the poster too. The the typography. The I mean, it looks like you know. It, it might as well say Miami Vice. Like it looks great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. It looks like a video box cover too. You know. <laughs> so that's I'm bringing my A game to start things off. You guys follow right. it up, Andy. Uh, I'm I would like to cede my position, even though uh, you came in hot. <laughs> if you're ready, I think you should go next. Well, my trailer is, uh, I saw this trailer, um, I actually saw, uh, it was in an article, and it was talking about uh, Jim Carrey's next project, and I'm like, Jim Carrey's next project? That's exciting. And so I checked it out, and it was this really surprising looking trailer that just completely took me aback, because um, it's Jim Carrey, which we haven't seen in, in uh, a number of years in a project. Um, in this this film that looks like something that would be, uh, you know, uh, just a you know something that David Fincher would be doing. It's v this very kind of dark crime story 
Um, and it's not something I would expect to see Jim Carrey in. It's exciting to see Jim Carrey doing stuff like this. And it makes me uh, thrilled uh, because I, I've always kind of felt like he's one of those actors who has uh, really gone down the the hard comedy route. But I think there's a lot more to him. And I think he's shown that a number of times in projects like Man on the Moon. Um, but but here it's like there's just nothing funny about this. This this guy who um, is this businessman trying to find clues of this this murder and he starts connecting pieces thinking that this author is the one who's committing the crimes and the author is um, writing books that eerily have um, similar things going on in them. And seeing Jim Carrey play uh, in this trailer opposite Martin, uh, I never know how to say his last name, Kasokas. Sokas, uh, Sokas, Sokas. Um, sure. Seeing the two of them kind of playing off of each other in the trailer is exciting, and so it it just got me thrilled. And then the other weird thing about the trailer is it's like supposed to be in uh, you know Poland or somewhere, and because <laughs> he's got this accent, so it's just everything about this trailer really threw me for a loop because it's just nothing that I was expecting to see uh, coming out. So um, that's my pick. What do you guys think of this one? Well, I, I'm very excited about it um, because, you know, I just love how Jim Carrey's look is changing as he's sort of weathering with yeah. age. Uh, and and I just find him so compelling. He rocks the beard. Oh, yes. Frankly, as you a, as a beard wearing yeah. <laughs> gentleman myself. I, I And I have to tell you, my beard is now bushy enough that I can see it in my peripheral vision and I wake up with decidedly strong bed face. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I really appreciate Jim Carrey's beard. And uh, so I, two comments that just struck me as funny. I don't his voice is not weathering the way his face is. He still sounds really young to me. And so <laughs> look at That's him. That's the Winona Ryder factor. It, right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and so I get a little bit of a chuckle because you expect something low and gruff and you come out with, hey, that's me. I'm Jim Carrey. Uh, and uh, uh, the other thing that bugs me is uh, about this trailer is actually the poster. What is it with reversing the R? Like, why is the dark crime? D-A- we don't know how to typeset R's. Is that like, do we not get the joke yet? I, I just find that yeah, ridiculous I, graphic design choice. <laughs> and I think it detracts from I, the movie. I don't care it if it's supposed to be some sort of a ridiculous <laughs> like a homage to Cyrillic. Yeah, no, I definitely carve off right, yeah. uh, some, some for, from the uh, art design. So come on, people. Just get, give it, give it a break <laughs> yeah. with the flipping the letters. It's totally played, but I actually I think the movie looks really good. So I'm intrigued because it's uh, the because of the writer David Grand. So this is based on an article he wrote for the New Yorker. He had also written the book The Lost City of Z, which the movie was was entertaining and I had a good time with that. But the book is very very uh, engaging, interesting, a lot of history to that. I really liked his style of that novel. So now I'm I'm torn between. Do I wait to see dark crimes and then read the article or do I read the article that it's based on? Because it, it, I, from watching the trailer, I just thought, oh, this is somebody's putting together another one of these psychological thrillers. It's going to have some weird twists and it's going to go off the rails at the end. But knowing this is, in fact, based on a true story and the article there, I, it's moved up a few notches on my interest list because there's some some guiding boundaries to this story that I hope it's not going to just spool out into the craziness of, oh, the R is backwards because it's actually his, you know, we get into, it's an alternate version of himself or some weird supernatural psychological thing. Oh, God, thing. Steve, if that happens, I'm standing up. I am leaving if that happens. Are you kidding? 
Oh, yeah. Uh. You and your beard. I, I think what you should do is you should stand up to your best Jim Carrey impersonation on your way out. But it'll the be the mask. It's really That's the only one I've got. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am much more interested in this from learning a little bit more about the story than the trailer itself gave me because it, it seemed to be doing nothing much new, but knowing that it's grounded in a true, in sort of a true story, I think gives it a little bit more substance. So I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. In and yeah, I will say, I mean, it's the Jim Carrey factor that really uh, draws me into this trailer. Cause I mean, otherwise the story doesn't, it doesn't stand out as, as too different, but uh, you know, I'm still excited. I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do here. And uh, the interesting thing about this is this movie has been around for years now. It played at the Poland or in Poland at the Warsaw Film Festival um, back in October of 2016. And uh, I, I'm not exactly sure why it's taken so long. It hasn't been in a festival circuit or anything. It's just been, I guess, sitting on a shelf or looking for distribution or something. Um, because the next uh, air date is when it's released here in the U.S., May 11th. So, so who knows? Maybe that's a bad sign. <laughs> Oh, great. But it is 7.0. Just when, it's, just it's when I get excited. Seven yeah. stars on IMDb. So It would be 7.5 without that stupid it, R. It ruined it, yeah. But still, <laughs> clean, easily clears the 6.0 rule on uh, on stars. So I think it's going to be worth seeing. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it looks good. Uh, and with that, I would like to get to the most sort of sobering and serious uh, trailer of the morning. Uh, I think you know that uh, it, it is settled science that according to our dear friend Tommy sharks are just wet murder machines <laughs> so <laughs> what could be better than a normal sized wet murder machine than the Meg director John Turtletob is back with the Meg starring Jason Statham Rain Wilson uh, and uh, a giant giant shark that is the size of a 787 and I <laughs> I don't know why, you guys. I don't know why. I'm really excited for this movie. Why is it that this movie and this trailer excite me and Sharknado 5 doesn't? I don't, I can't tell you. But uh, I, I, I think it starts with the first major visual in this thing. The 70-foot shark shows up on this. Of course, they're in an underwater research facility of the future. And uh, the shark shows up and sticks its mouth around one of the glass domes with the little girl standing there. I thought that was an awesome visual. And that that hooked me for some. I, I just, I'm there. I know I'm, I'm a simpleton with these kinds of things. I get it. <laughs> I get it. And, you know, I, I liked Isle of Dogs, too. Whatever. But look, this is a giant shark. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm excited about it. And I feel a little guilty because I haven't even seen the movie. But I also really like the National Treasure movies. Come on. Phenomenon? Eh, I didn't like that all so much. Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yeah, I know. I didn't like that either. But National Treasure movies and The Meg. Those are going to be my... Uh, those are, those are going to be in the catalog of John Turtletaub uh, efforts. And I'm I'm excited about that. <laughs> have have you read the book? Because I know you're one that will you know voraciously consume these pulpy <laughs> novels. So I don't know if this is something that's on your shelf. You've already Steve. I you've already is it a read that you've I, gone through? I'm going to tell you. I saw the trailer and immediately got the Kindle version of this book. I have not read it, but it is totally my next read. Yes. Uh, and in fact, I'm in the middle of a first-time read of The Stand. I've never read The Stand before, but I am seriously what, what? considering wow. stopping that to read the shark what, book. No, what, wait, what? what? Yeah. 
No. Just <sighs> Okay, let me let me have really? it. Come on. Get All it right. out. All right. No, I get no, it. No, no, no. no. That's, that's no, fine. I get no, it. No, no. I want to hear it. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did how did you survive the late eighties without reading that? Were you not a Stephen King fan in the late eighties or nineties? I was really destroyed by Salem's Lot, and so it took me a long time to get <laughs> oh, back okay. to the to, to Stephen King stuff. Yeah. All right. And then The Shining was after right. that, and that kind of got me back into it. So anyway, The Meg. The Meg. So I, the first thing I thought of when I saw this trailer was Deep Blue Sea, <laughs> because it's another one of those people underwater with sharks and. The tone is just all over the place. I don't know if this is playing it as the serious, like, action thriller, we're going to scare you type of thing within the PG-13 realm. But there's moments that I just thought are so ridiculous. Is this a movie that is not taking itself seriously because it knows what it is? That it it is about a ridiculously enormous shark. And Jason Statham, is he going to be, like, punching this shark from <laughs> God, a shark cage underwater so. or oh. something? That would that would seal it. (laughs) So I'm I'm intrigued because I don't know how seriously this film is taking itself. That's that's what's of greatest interest to me about this. And then the other part that was I think very notable from watching the trailer is this clearly has a lot of foreign money into it. So this is an interesting sort of multinational effort at this. So I I'm wondering about how this is going to play globally, if this is going to do okay here in the States and just be uh, just blockbuster elsewhere. That's uh. what struck me about it is the uh, that international vibe that it had here is that yeah. I, I watched the trailer and I'm like, interesting, this is really pushing for uh, foreign box office. Uh, you know, it was, I mean, I shouldn't be really surprised. You see that quite a bit. But this one, it, you know, it just, it, uh, it just was laying it all out there for you. And uh, it it uh, it just was like, hey, we're going to make a lot of money and it's going to sell all over the world with this one. So, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if it's about a, a giant uh, prehistoric shark and Jason Statham's going to punch it through a shark tank because because <laughs> it's going to make the money back and the investors are going to be happy about that. So I can see why uh, a movie like this would get made. And I, I you know. I applaud them, I guess, for the for the, the smart. <laughs> I applaud them, I guess. That's going to be the for, blurb on the poster <laughs> for, for for going. You know what? Let's really let's put everybody in here from all different corners of the world so that we can really uh, find easier ways to get into those markets. So it's funny. Like the poster cracks me up because at least the poster I'm looking at. And first of all, we should say as a note. As far as we know, there are no letters that are reversed on this poster. You could make a case that maybe the M is reversed. I think the E is actually upside down. (laughs) The E is upside down. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like it's it's one of those things where the shark is so big that it's it is hard to be scared of it because (laughs) like it's just going to swallow the people. Like there's going to be no horror and terror of the biting and the chewing because it will just absorb them. It's so big and you'll never even. Then it's like the sarlacc pit. You're stuck in it. It's solely being digested. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what it is this oh, is the floating the- sarlacc <laughs> great connection and the tagline this is what the sarlacc looks like the tagline is desert. yeah oh yeah <laughs> this is where all the the tagline is pleased to eat you and again so i'm like this has got to be this can't be serious this cannot be serious this is their their marketing is like action i'm gonna get in there and this is gonna be it's gonna be sharknado crazy ridiculous i just have this feeling that it's going to go off the rails early uh because please to eat you, you cannot I, it, what was it what was the tag in this the trailer is, something about chomp 
<laughs> it, it, it chomps yeah, something. I, I it, Steve, if I can yeah. see this movie in IMAX Atmos 4D, I will see this movie in IMAX <laughs> Atmos 4 If there's a 50, I, I, I will I'm see sure it. Will. In Smell-o-vision. 5D. Let's it bring will it be back. feel around, smell a vision, the tingler. I'm there. <laughs> the tingler. <laughs> Your seat will pummel you in the back as Jason Statham is yeah. just rocking that I want to be shark with just gently electrocuted at random intervals. It needs as- to be. It needs to be like the uh, the um, the experiences like in Disneyland, like the Muppet Vision. Where at, at key moments, like the audience gets sprayed, you know, so they can just be <laughs> yeah. spraying you with yes. the, with shark with salt saliva. water and saliva. Yeah. <laughs> well, all I have to say for our conversation this morning is you're welcome. And now I think we should move on to the list. When is yours opening, though? Did I you don't say? care. Not soon enough. Not soon enough. August tenth uh, in the U.S. It looks like it's it's uh, uh, August 9th and tenth kind of rollout. We've got uh, let's see, uh, Australia is August thirtieth, uh, but Sweden gets it on the seventeenth, and the U.K. on the tenth. What's uh, the rating? Us? Does it say? US. Uh, it is says for Pete. Uh, that's all it says. <laughs> PG thirteen. PG thirteen. So. Yes, I'll take my kids. I managed to get my daughter to to watch Jaws with me. I'm wondering. <laughs> oh she yeah, sit through this. Yeah. Oh my. Uh-huh. She's because she's she's what? How? What is she now? She's, she's close. She's eleven and a half. And a half. That's the important part. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been debating. Should we take her to a quiet place? We haven't uh, quite settled on that yet. Oh my gosh. Is we've talked. We've talked about this. I just haven't made it out yet. You're free to just. <laughs> You know, scar your child as you wish. That's <laughs> that's fine. She, she well, she's she's the one who's like she's she's in heavy debates yeah. with herself if she wants to go to a scary movie or not. I mean, because she'll be like the coolest kid in whatever fifth or sixth grade. She comes back like, yeah, my parents took me to the right. quiet place. Be like, oh, you went to the scary movie because yeah, I had friends when I was that age who went to see Cujo and things like that. I didn't get to go, but they did. Yeah, and how did they turn out? They're in jail. Scarred individuals. They're all they're all in prison. <laughs> so, Andy, you make whatever decision you need to. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fine. Uh, okay, okay. The list. Andy, would you set us up, please? So, yes. This week on the show, we were talking about East of Eden, the uh, adaptation of John Steinbeck's uh, novel starring James Dean. And uh, because of the great Cain and Abel story of two rival brothers in the film, we decided to do lists of rival brothers. So... Here we are. All right. Rival Brothers. This was one of those when my, uh, we thought of the list, I couldn't think of any. And when I started researching it, I, there are a lot, a lot of the brother movies. Yes. Uh, who would like to go first? Steve, I think we'll keep with the uh, A24 rule. That just that does, is there a transitive property of the A twenty four rule? I I sure I was like I don't think I have an A twenty four film on my no 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 but I you, <laughs> do we need to get into you bring that A twenty four you get to oh start and stop all conversations uh, you could just wow. hang up whenever oh, you want right. when you're done you get you okay get, no you can show up late you oh wait show, oh no. No, 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 you can't. You're borrowing against future A24 oh. trailers. That's, That's what right. you're doing, Andy. I've, I, I started it, so I, I, it's like I've grandfathered myself <laughs> the into godfather it. No, you, of the you, A24 no, you've, you've cashed in those chips, and now you're in debt oh, after, after this morning. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to start with, the big, with a big steal, probably, because I'm going to start with a great film that I have not seen in over a decade and really need to see again, and that's 2002's Adaptation. So you have sibling, siblings that are twins, 
probably one of the last really good performances from Nicolas Cage as twin brothers. One is working as a, struggling to write a screenplay. The other is his ridiculous uh, counterpart. So you've got Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman as quarreling siblings in 2002's adaptation directed by Spike Jones. If you have not seen this movie, what's wrong with you? Just stop listening to this podcast. Go watch it now because watching the trailer, I had forgotten how amazing this film is. You've got a cast that is unbelievable. Nicolas Cage, Tilda Swinton, Meryl Streep, Chris Cooper. Oh my gosh. Such a great film. It is an That's exceptional a great one. film. And, and I doubt you're stealing it because we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. But. What? Oh, yeah. long time <laughs> right. ago, though. It was it was one of our, oh, okay. uh, in our first six months. Was yeah. it? Oh, that, that doesn't Coffin's count. That wasn't the, <laughs> yeah. That wasn't that wasn't the next reel. That's when it was that other time. <laughs> that's right. It was <laughs> movies we like. It turns out we like movies this one. we like that. Yes, yeah. you did. Okay. Well, that's a great pick all the same and uh absolutely uh adaptation. Uh get it on the list, Andy. Well, for my uh first choice, I'm I'm going big and I'm going grand and I'm going with um a movie from the same year actually, Steve. Uh, this is a film that's uh, smack dab in the middle of a trilogy, but it has a fantastic uh, brother rivalry in it. Um, notably in the extended version, it is, of course, the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Oh, that's a steal. And we have Boromir and Faramir. And the, the, the vying for the father's love, the crazy Denethor. And the relationship between these two brothers um, is just fantastic. And the way that that especially it's extended in the uh, the longer version of the film um, really just gives a lot of the sense of kind of this this relationship between these two brothers and how Boromir was the one who received all the love for from the father and Faramir is the one who uh, is you know left behind after Boromir dies and and watching this relationship and, and just the way that the two brothers play uh, for for father's love it's just it's so well done and seeing how Faramir becomes a, a key player later in the uh, in the series is just, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So that's my first pick, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I don't know why I thought that one would be somehow immune to steel. Like, I put it on my <laughs> list and I thought, there's no way they're going to remember, like, this movie it was a long time ago. It's not something we talk about too often, other than Tommy hating, throwing thing, fake things at fake things. Whatever. All right. Well, then I'll go with my first pick. I got to move some things around a little bit. Uh, I uh, am, am going to open the bidding with uh, Vale and Revok and the Brothers Duel. I'm going to suck your brain dry in Scanners. Uh, Scanners, the, uh, let's see, when was it? 1981, David Cronenberg film. I did not actually like this movie, but for some reason I really like the, the, the way it ends. And I think there is a, uh, th- there's a, man, his, guys, his eyeballs explode. Uh, but the, 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 there's a fun sort of body switching gig at the end that I always, always found really satisfying. So most of the movie I don't like Michael Ironside, I adore. Uh, and so there, it's got a couple of, uh, elements in there that really keep it, uh, on my list. Scanners, 1981. Great pick. Haven't seen it. And I know, I I think, I think Nick Langdon might kill me for that one. I think that's one of his. I, as I recall, I think in uh, in Discord, I think yeah. I recall him having great things to say about that film. So he's going to get on a plane over here, <laughs> yeah, and he's going to make me watch it. You know what? That. It's 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 been on my list for a long time. Yeah, but it's just one of those where I thought, okay, is it now past that age of if I come to this new, is it 
going to appear, you know, have things been derived from it, the effects, everything, we're so far distant from it. Is it one that I needed to see at that point? And then there's the, the connection you establish with, with a film that even though it's aged, you still see that film for as it was the first time you saw it. Now coming to it as a you know, new viewer, will that thing hold up the way that it has for people that viewed it, you know, 20 or so, 30 years I, ago? Uh, so I, uh, I think that's, those are all really great questions. And I feel like, I, I think you're right. I mean, the, the connection that, jeez, I have to it is because of the people that are in it that you see that have cropped up elsewhere and you get to see sort of where they came from. The effects are terrible. I mean, they're straight up terrible. Um, But man, they stick around like they're you're you'll think about them for a while. And of course, it's got some really iconic uh, effect sequences uh, that are referred to and, uh, you know, imitated um, much better in other movies that have come since. So I think it's worth seeing just in terms of, again, being a completionist and it's so much better than Videodrome, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's That was, maybe that was just for Nick Langdon. <laughs> Cause Although, I think he liked Videodrome. With, oh. <laughs> with, with equally, uh, <laughs> equally compelling imagery that sticks with you. <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching him stick his head into the TVs. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Steve, because I am outnumbered in my house three to one when it comes to gender, I have to have some equality <laughs> on our list. So I'm going to go with sibling rivalry between sisters with an amazing film. One of it actually is the last of Jonathan Demme's films that I have seen. I know he's done a couple since he did Rachel getting married in 2008 with just a stellar performance from Anne Hathaway as uh, a I think she's in rehab and she comes out to the family for her sister's wedding and just the family dynamics and the tension between the two sisters, between the good daughter and sort of the black sheep in the family. And you've got Jonathan Demme directing. You have uh, Bill Irwin as the father in this. And apparently, according to IMDb, Sebastian Stan is in it as a waiter. (laughs) So there's a little see if you can spot the Winter Soldier in this Jonathan Demi. You film. can tell by the but arm. It, it, exactly. That's not a trade. That's his, it's his, his actual arm. arm. <laughs> but this is one that is just one of those with, I think, in the hands of a different director or a different writer. It's a story that would not work as well. And this is just one that uh, I sat down and watched. It just was moved. It's a really powerful story and it's one that really gets at that tension between families in a very realistic way not a melodramatic way it just works on so many levels i haven't seen it i hated it (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) whoa 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 stop stop (laughs) really okay Okay, so here's a little connection to uh, your your speakeasy. If you remember the dishwasher scene where they're talking about loading the dishwasher, that scene was actually based on an actual event involving Bob Fosse and Sidney Lumet because the film is Rachel Getting Married is written by Sidney Lumet's daughter. And so she took a real-life event about how to load the dishwasher discussion between her father and Bob Fosse. And that is what that scene is based on. That's weird. 
That's a strange poll. <laughs> but does it change your opinion on the film, Andy? It doesn't change my opinion. <laughs> no, it doesn't because Andy just hates things. No, it's. I agree. There were some great performances in the film. Um, Anne Hathaway, uh, notably, was was fantastic. But uh, I don't know. I just really struggled with with uh, the just the vibe of the film, and it was it, you know it's kind of in that period when Jonathan Demi was was really kind of going uh, lo-fi with kind of the work that he was doing, and right. I just yes. Not that that was really, you know, a, a big problem for me, but I just, I don't know. It just felt like just, I don't know. I just couldn't get into the story. I couldn't get into it. And it just, it really, I don't know, just hit me the wrong way. And maybe I just watched it on a bad day or something, but yeah, I just didn't like it at all. I'm sorry. No, you don't need to apologize for having an opinion. <laughs> you don't have to apologize for being wrong. Uh, for no, being I, wrong. I think there's, there's a certain, no, I agree. There's a certain style to this film. And the, I think the other thing that I found very interesting about this production is i'm also a fan of the musician robin hitchcock and so he was involved i think in either the scoring of the movie or overseeing the the music for this and he's just a very odd and quirky character and so there were just there were lots of things that just i really connected to i think in this story and i think there's you know you're either going to connect this film or or you may not yeah so i'd say if you if you do it can be a really rewarding experience and yeah you you're welcome to to dislike welcome to be wrong they're, they're yeah, exactly. Because there, there are many people that just do not understand why I, I absolutely hate Almost Famous. So, I know. Yeah, see, I, again, I'm one of them. Yeah. Don't apologize for being wrong. We already get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy, what's your next one? I like the direction you're going there um, uh, because I think that um, I, I may be uh, pulling the same thing uh, here in a minute. I, I'm not going to jump into it just yet. But I might be going down that road because the next one that I want to talk about um, is uh, I don't know if it just seemed like, you know, the the perfectly obvious choice considering our series, but it certainly fits brilliantly. And it's uh, the film that uh, Ilya Kazan did right before East of Eden. It's the fantastic On the Waterfront with uh, Marlon Brando, Carl Malden, Lee J. Cobb, Rod Steiger, and of course, Eva Marie Saint in her uh, film debut. This film um, is just a powerhouse. Uh, it's just something that really uh, hits me every time I watch it. Watching uh, Terry kind of, uh, you know, going through this whole situation, dealing with the mob and and the priest and the girl and his brother and everything. Um, it just it's a it's a beautifully told story as the mob is kind of uh, has their their grip on the waterfront and uh, watching them kind of controlling. Uh, kind of controlling everything and how it ends up affecting Terry as, as, uh, as uh, Edie's brother gets killed and, um, and Terry is kind of uh, partly uh, being, he was used as a, as a pawn in all of that. And then as his brother, uh, because Terry becomes increasingly like set on testifying against uh, the mob uh, headed by Lee J. Cobb, um, uh, Lee J. Cobb, sends uh terry's brother who works for him to uh to shut him up and maybe kill him if he's not going to shut up and then of course it leads to one of the most brilliant film scenes ever when when marlon brando's in the backseat of the car talking to rod steiger he's like i could have been a contender i could have been somebody instead of a bum which is what i am let's face it it was you charlie and that conversation and just everything kind of uh, as it spills out after that is just um just brilliant brilliant bit of cinema so that's my next choice 
How have you two not talked about that on I the main show? I don't know. That is a good that, question. How do, <laughs> that is one that's just would be there's so many series you could do around that. It's 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 another one I saw in my film studies class in high school that just I saw that and thought, wow, this just such a just masterpiece. So yeah, I I'm always amazed at people that have that call themselves you know film fans and they're you know scholarly film you know people that don't just go to like popcorn movies but really enjoy the art of film that have not seen on the waterfront because to me that is just one of those top tier films that you you need to have seen it's an important film capital i f important film. <laughs> well i agree and we have had this series floating around movies set on waterfronts and that fits so well <laughs> Uh, I think we should just knock that off. Why haven't we gotten to that one yet? Hmm. There's always something else that just kind of sneaks in there, but uh, I think there's some rich depths to plumb. Uh, No, I agree. This is a great pick. I I, I can't, I actually now regret that I don't have that one as a steal. It's, it, it fits too naturally. So nice one. My final pick, I actually was going to kick this down the road. Uh, It's your second pick, right? Exactly. My second pick, my second pick, Next to my final pick, I was going to kick it down the road, but then Steve picked a movie that we've already talked about on the show, and I thought maybe it's okay that I pick a movie that I think has already been picked as a as a a pick in the list in the past, but I have to pick it sure. because of the great great scene uh, between um, the wonderful uh, when the great Vigo Mort- Mortensen goes to his brother and says, "I come to make peace. Is there anything I can do? What can I do?" There's one thing you can do, Richie. You could die. It is the brother's face-off in a history of violence. Uh, and I, I, again, that, that that goes into some actual weird action in that sequence. And then William Hurt says, how could you F that up? And kicks a dead guy and shoots him in the chest again, which is a little funky. Yeah. <laughs> but I just really enjoy that movie. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm always impressed by those two guys on screen as... Uh, uh, brother seeking retribution. You haven't done that on the main show. I thought there was a Cronenberg series or no. something where you guys no. talked about that. Maybe it was. It just showed up on a list and we, d- yeah. we discussed just discussed that. I film think it's in, been on the list a couple times. Maybe it has. It's yeah, got so that's, many that's, things. To, like, it's clearly yes. So Again, many another vectors. one that right. Yeah, that, we need to put on on a list yeah. somewhere with with the five hundred other films that you guys need to get to. Yeah. If if anything, we need to talk about it on the main show just so we we will have to stop picking it for our lists. Like there's yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that's great All right. pick. Great pick. So it leaves me sort of spinning between a couple options here of of where I want to go with this because I've got I've got brothers. I've got sisters, and then I've got sort of a mixed family to choose from here. So I'm going to go with, all right, I'm going to keep with, I think, the one that fits in best with the other two between Adaptation, Rachel, Rachel getting married, uh, the other one that I think fits in with that to make a, a really quirky trilogy would be Royal Tenenbaums. So you've got, you know, you've got the three sort of super, you know, children and the quirky family and the dynamics between that. So that's that's my third pick for my oddball family rivalry uh, is Royal Tenenbaums. Another one that I'm just reminded, I love that film, but have not seen it in a long time. Time to revisit that one again, because again, just watching the trailer to refresh my memory about the film made me so much want to see that again. And I think I probably just need to do a Wes Anderson binge series because it's just been there's too many that I've missed and so many of his the other ones that I just enjoy so much 
he's a director who um, I feel has found a, uh, a direction for his films and has gone, gone deeper and deeper down that road <laughs> as he continues his career. Um, it, they, they seem to get quirkier and quirkier and quirkier and, and deeper and deeper into this world of his brain. Um, this one is, I, I, one of my favorites. I didn't pick it cause I was like, eh, it's more of mostly a rivalry with the father, but I totally think right. it's still fair to p- put on this list. Cause there's just so many rivalries going on. Uh, I love the movie. Um, I, and I always fluctuate between, um, this and Rushmore as, as, uh, my favorite of his, I, you know, I feel like. Whichever one I watch most recently ends up being at the top of the list. I think that they're just both stellar, and Gene Hackman in this one is brilliant. But so are all the kids, the people playing the the, yeah. the siblings. You know, it's a fantastic oh, yeah. cast here. It's a funny movie. He's actually a funny director and writer for me because um, the the gap between my feelings of the movies that I like of his and the movies that there are two movies that I really didn't like. Uh, and very few in between. This is one that, that, that I actually really like a lot. Uh, and how he went from Rushmore and Tenenbaums to Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, which I detest. Like, I was really frustrated. And Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I hated. Um, like, those, I don't know how he can swing so far for me when he should be, like, right in the corner pocket. Like, he's he's my kind of writer and director, my kind of humor. And so, um, but this this is definitely high on the list so wacky and uh, I love it yeah great choice that leaves you Andy for my final pick uh, I'm also uh, I have so many films with brothers on my list but I I, I want to throw in one with sisters just uh, because uh, because Steve did and I want to be like Steve <laughs> when I grow up <laughs> my my um, my final pick is a is a Curtis Hansen film from uh, 2005 called in her shoes that I don't think enough people saw I think a lot of people saw the poster and the trailer and thought, oh, it just looks like a, a, a chick flick. It looks like something that's appealing to the Sex and the City crowd. I don't know uh, you know, what people were thinking, but it didn't do that well at the box office, despite the fact that I think it was relatively received well uh, from the critics. Um, it's just a really great story uh, and an honest story is what I really liked about it, about these two sisters uh, played by Cameron Diaz and Tony Collette as they're just kind of Growing up, um, dealing with kind of the the uh, the um, the way that they've been gr- um, the way they've been raised, because uh, Rose, played by Tony Collette, is much more straight laced. She's a, a lawyer, and uh, her sister Cameron Diaz is kind of the uh, the free spirit who can't hold a job and uh, an emotional mess. And uh, it's just kind of about this this relationship that the two of them have as they end up. Um, heading down to uh, to stay with their grandmother, played by uh, Shirley MacLaine, as uh, after Cameron Diaz kind of uh, moves in with her, and it's just it's it's a really great character piece and something that I think Curtis Hansen often uh, you know I think he's one of those directors who uh, always was thought of as kind of a just a kind of a a, a, a a director for hire type of director when you look at the list of of projects that he was doing. But after LA Confidential, I just felt like he really hit a fantastic stride with that and Wonder Boys, which is one of my favorite films, and then Eight Mile, and uh, and then this one. And it's just a great stretch of films. And uh, again, I just don't think enough people have seen or talked about In Her Shoes. So that's my final pick. I have not seen or talked about it. I've never <laughs> even heard of it. 
Is that weird? And oh, I love wow. Curtis we need Hansen. to do a Curtis Hansen series and hit it because it's really a great, great movie. Oh, no. Yeah, Pete, you need to see this. This is one that to me would be, you know, a, a, what a decade or so ago would have been like prime trailer rewind stuff for JJ and I because it's one that just gets overlooked and gets lost in the shuffle and really is worth checking out because it, it's one they don't know how to market. And you look at the poster exactly. and you're like, well, what is this? But uh, you, Susanna Grant wrote it. Uh, you know, her prior credit to this was Aaron Brockovich. I uh, mean, it just, it's a really great story. I had a great, I mean, as soon as Andy mentioned this, I thought, oh my gosh, of course, how could I have missed this on my list? Because it, it's one that I remember seeing and thinking, how are people not seeing this? Yeah. So that's your homework. I, I, absolutely. Yep. After homework. in the name of the father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, uh, well, my final pick is a, a little bit more frivolous, uh, perhaps, but it is still one that delights me. And I don't know, maybe controversial, I guess. It comes from director Rob Marshall, but most important, it comes from uh, scorer, uh, composer Stephen Sondheim. It is Into the Woods, and I, I, I make this my pick because of the fantastic song between Cinderella's Prince and Rapunzel's Prince, who are brothers, singing, uh, com- competing uh, against one another about whose agony is greater, is stronger oh, between their yes. two loves. So and good. it is one of the best uh, songs. It is certainly it is one of the highlights of comedy in, in a strong and funny and delightful musical. Uh, we love it around these parts. And it's one of those movies that... Um, you know, it, the entire cast comes out and you're you are shocked every time one of them opens their mouths that those people can really sing. Uh, you know, in this case, uh, Rapunzel's Prince is Billy Magnuson and Cinderella's Prince is Chris Pine. And they're great. Like they sound great and they can handle Sondheim. And so uh, more power to them. So uh, I, I love this one and I'm so glad it wasn't a steal. Such a great choice. That is absolutely a film that's on all the time in our house too. Uh, the kids just love it. Both of them. It's, which is great. I love that they've been drawn into Sondheim at such a young age so that, uh, I'm just, I'm just, uh, waiting for the day when I can introduce some demon of the barber of fleet street. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been listening to oh. that, that music lately and, uh, and singing the songs and my daughter's just like, what is that song from? And I'm like, it's musical. I probably shouldn't show you yet. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, Yes. Yeah, that was uh, that. Oh. I remember introducing uh, my my oldest one now to that one, and it's 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 unfortunately so catchy. It's so catchy, yes. <laughs> and, yes. and then you you also have to think about what it's about. So uh, it's, yes. that's great. Yes. So into the woods, 2014. That wraps up our list of well, now now it's sibling versus sibling um, because of all the cheating, flagrant cheating that went on today, but. A great list of movies that should be on the list. What are we going to do this week? And so, I'm not going to be here next week, so it's up to you guys. I think I think that it needs to be the uh, the uh, a list um, that is going to uh, be perfect for Steve. It is going to just fit right oh. in with him. I think I think teenage angst uh, films. <laughs> are there any movies left have... to pick? Are there <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, I've I've got a shelf. <laughs> I think that's great. Teenaged angst, Steve. Do you have any uh, any comment? It is your. It's the Steve Sarmento Memorial List. 
<laughs> the memorial. I guess list. I better be. I guess I better be here for that. Or should I just referee that list and comment from the side? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm assuming you're doing Rebel Without a Cause. I, I that assume. yes, that is our next. Uh, sorry, okay. I should have said yes. But James okay. Dean's next film was Rebel Without a Cause, which is what we're talking about. Okay. Next. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to getting started. It's going to be hard to knock that down to three. So <laughs> that's that's going to be tough for me. I may have to do separately. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I may. I'll, and now for sublist. sublist A7. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll do a list for Pete since he's not here. So I'll oh, do my wow. list and then I'll do, is, a, I'll do a. This a, is Pete's. A, a, this perfect. is my interpretation but, of what Pete's list would be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go very far. I, I think that'll be uh, uh, that'll be good. Well, I'll, I'll just say that if it can't find if you can't find a way to work the Meg into it, then it's not worth doing. <laughs> or, or yeah. Well, see, if I did a list for Pete, I'd have to figure out how to bring a Woody Allen. Into oh that. yes, that's yes. just not something I'm comfortable. That shouldn't doing. be very difficult. Woody Allen, Woody Allen don't mix very well at all. No. Woody Allen's just an old child anyway. Come oh, on. God. <laughs> Oh. oh, uh, I can't wait to, to, well, let's just say it. I can't wait to edit that show. Uh, so, uh, well done guys. Uh, what do you have on tap for this week? I hope to finally see, uh, see a quiet place. If I, if I manage to, that's, uh, that's on the list, but you know, with the kids, um, they've been anxious to go see rampage, uh, between that and, they're actually if they if they had their druthers, it would be Sherlock gnomes, and I'm doing everything in my power to keep that oh. from happening. Yeah, exert your will <laughs> while about, you still can. I'm like that's a good they, rental. Let's let's rent that one. Yes. Oh yeah. No, my my kids want to get out to see Isle of Dogs, so it's just a matter of coordinating schedules with all their activities to see when we might be able to fit that one in because I that's that's high on my list to see. Uh, so if I. You know, I've got to get out and see Beirut today, so we can talk about that later tonight. And then Isle of Dogs is is up there high on the list of if I can get out there sometime this weekend. I have to say, I went and saw Beirut last night, and I used my my movie pass for the first time. Oh, and I have to say, oh. how nice was that? I just walk up and I check in and I give them my card, and he gives me a ticket. I'm like, this was great. Not a single dollar came out of my pocket, except for the ten dollars. Ten dollars that you actually paid. Movie yeah, pass, but still, but. Nice. You so Very you exciting. just need to see. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, two, I need to see at least two, two movies, movies a, month a month to make it worthwhile. Yeah, good or lord. One How is pretty is close. That? Yeah. Okay, that's it. I'm finally. I'm going right. to sign up for it. That's it. Yeah. Do you, Steve, are you a movie pass person? I am not. I am not because I I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop on that to find out what's really going on. <laughs> what? <laughs> like I, what? It's I, right I, by it's really like, signing okay. your soul over to Satan. <laughs> Yeah, there's just I'm just waiting for something to implode on that because it's one of those. It sounds too good to be true. Is there something? Is it, it's great they're going to get all these people because then I've heard stories of like, oh, people couldn't use their movie pass to go see this film, yeah. or they couldn't use it to go see this film. So, I it's I'm I'm still on the fence on that. Uh, I'm intrigued by the concept. I there are plenty of films I can get out to see, but I my selling my. My identity and all that information. What's going on with that? You're uh, all about you know. that. I don't know why it's a problem for you. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know there because I feel like there's something more sinister and ominous because it just seems way too good to be true. Of like, I can get in to see all these movies, you know, for ten bucks a month. There's, you know, I guess I don't I don't know how they're doing it. Well, I did have to sign over so. my firstborn child, but well, other okay. than that, but <laughs> so. No, Pete, I'm I'm there. We can we can take the leap yeah, together. I yeah, just just jump off. You know, 
we, we hold on, that. Jack. Be like Joe versus hold Volcano. On. Yeah, the big woo. Stephen <laughs> Pete. Right. But then it's gonna woo. it's gonna spit us. Uh, it'll spit us back out, and then where are we gonna end up, Pete? I don't know. On a roadside mm-hmm. somewhere, missing kidneys. And missing kidneys you know, with no theaters about. anywhere. <laughs> so movie pass is yeah, totally exactly. useless. Exactly. Uh, we're stuck on a desert island with movie and pass. No, no kidneys. That was a that was a strange <laughs> place to take it. Uh, and then we'll have no kidneys. <laughs> that's right. All right. All right. Because it's all this about the is, organ uh, harvesting. That's what they're doing with our information. <laughs> that's what the, the nefarious plot of movie pass. They're really yes, finding ways like to harvest <laughs> organs. Yeah. Your your really. your your it's ticket like the, is marked. You go. This is like the emperor's plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, in in twenty years, they'll have everybody's organs. But it's a long game. <laughs> Yes, it is. Hey, I'm in. You guys have sold me. Let's do this. <laughs> Unlimited movies, and all it takes is my kidney. I'm totally in for that. Okay. Well, hey. Okay. Okay. See, Andy. Andy already gave up his kidney, so he was like, you know, he was. That's right. Yeah. It's 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 all part of a bigger. I scheme. gave up my kidney, all and all I got scheme. was this lousy movie pass. You guys are looking at it wrong. Exactly. Hey, this yep. is great. Thank you, everybody, for uh, downloading and listening. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for supporting this show and allowing us to uh, uh, keep doing this thing. We sure appreciate it. And, uh, it, yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, today is Saturday. Go see Beirut. Uh, the, the next film board is coming out on Tuesday. Uh, early release to Patreon subscribers sometime this weekend where we're going to talk about Beirut and see if it was yet another in the long list of film board failures. I can't wait to hear what you guys think that's it have a great weekend guys see ya hondo i love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows steve and jj on trailer rewind ray and ocean on silver linings even tommy's short-lived no no wait hear me out and so many films they've discussed started out as a book a play or even a tv series Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.